It's the Halloween season, and we haven't done a story in a while, so to keep you company while you wait for the next episode, which should be releasing very soon, I thought we could do a story. So this is called The Witch of Fife. In the kingdom of Fife, in the days of long ago, there lived an old man and his wife. The old man was of a quiet sort, but the old woman was flighty and capricious. And some of the neighbors looked at her askance and whispered to each other that they sorely feared she was a witch. Her husband was afraid of it too, for she had a curious habit of disappearing in the evening and staying out all night. And when she returned in the morning, she looked quite white and tired, as if she'd been traveling far or working hard. He used to try and watch her carefully in order to find out where she went and what she did. But he never managed to do so for she always slipped out of the door when he wasn't looking. And before he could reach it to follow her, she vanished entirely. At last, one day, when he could stand the uncertainty no longer, he asked her to tell him straight out whether she was a witch or no. And his blood ran cold when, without the slightest hesitation, she answered that she was. And then she said that if you would promise to not let anyone know the next time she went out on one of her midnight expeditions, she would tell him about it. The man promised, and he had not long to wait, for the very next week was the new moon, which, as everyone knows, is the time when witches like to stir abroad. On the first sight of the new moon, his wife vanished and did not return until daybreak the next morning. When he asked her where she had been, she told him in great glee how she and four like-minded companions had met at the old kirk on the moor, and had mounted branches of the green bay tree and stalks of hemlock, which had instantly changed into horses. They had ridden swift as the wind over the country, hunting the foxes, the weasels, and the owls. At last they had swum in the forth, and come to the top of Bell Lomond, and there they had dismounted from their horses and drunk beer that had been brewed in no earthly brewery out of horn cups that had been fashioned by no mortal hands. After that, a tiny man had jumped up from under a great mossy stone with a tiny set of bagpipes under his arm, and he had piped such wonderful music that at the sound of it, the fish began to jump out of the lock below, and the stoats crept out of their holes, and the crows and the herons came and sat in the trees in the darkness and listened. And all the witches had danced until they were so weary that when it came time for them to mount their steeds again, they could scarcely sit on them for fatigue. The man listened to this long story in silence, shaking his head. And when it was finished, all he answered was, And what the better are you for all your dancing? You'd have been a great more comfortable here at home. Apparently, the man had no idea what fun was like. And at the next new moon, the old wife went off again for the night. And when she returned in the morning, she told her husband how on this occasion, she and her friends had taken cockle shells for boats and sailed away over the stormy sea until they reached Norway. There, they mounted invisible horses of wind and rode and rode over the mountains and glens and glaciers until they found the land of Laps lying under its mantle of snow. And there... All the elves and fairies and mermaids of the north were holding a festival with warlocks and brownies and pixies and even phantom hunters themselves, who were never looked upon by mortal eyes. 
The witches from Fife then held a festival with them and danced and feasted and sang. And what was of more consequence, they learned from them certain wonderful words which, when uttered, would bear them through the air and would undo all the bolts and bars and so gain them admittance to any place whatsoever they wanted to be. Then after that, they came home again, delighted with the knowledge which they had acquired. What took you to such a land as that? asked the old man with a contemptuous grunt. You would have been a sight warmer in your bed. But when his wife returned from her next adventure, he showed a little more interest in her doings. For she told him how she and her friends had met in one of their cottages, and having heard that the Lord Bishop of Carlisle had some very rare wine in his cellar, had pronounced the magic words which they had learned from the elves of Lapland, and lo and behold, they flew up the chimney like whiffs of smoke and sailed through the air like little wreaths of cloud, and in less time than it takes to tell, they had landed at the bishop's palace in Carlisle. The bolts and bars flew loose before them, and they went down into his cellar and sampled his wine, and then were back in Fife as fine sober old women by cockcrow. When the old man heard this, he started from his chair in earnest, for he loved good wine above all things, and it was seldom that it came his way. By my troth, you are a wife to be proud of, he cried. Tell me the words, woman. I will go and sample his lordship's wine for myself. But his wife shook her head. Oh, no, no, no. No, I cannot do that, she said. For if I did, and you told it over again, it would turn the whole world upside down. For everybody would be leaving their own lawful work and flying about the world after other folks' business and other folks' dainties. So just be content. You get on fine with the knowledge that you already possess. And although the old man tried to persuade her with all the soft words he could think of, she would not tell him her secret. But he was a sly old man. And the thought of the bishop's wine gave him no rest. So night after night, he went and hid by the other old woman's cottage in hopes that his wife and her friends would meet there. And at last, his trouble was rewarded. For one night, the five old women assembled and in low tones and with chuckles of laughter, they recounted all that had befallen them in Lapland. Then, running to the fireplace one after another, they climbed on a chair, put their feet onto the sooty crook, and then repeated the old magic words. And presto, they were up the chimney and away before the old man could draw his breath. I can do that too, he said to himself, and he crawled out of his hiding place and ran to the fire. He put his foot on the crook, and repeated the words. Up the chimney he went, and he flew through the air after his wife and her companions as if he had been a warlock born. As witches are not in the habit of looking over their shoulders, they never even noticed that he was following them until they reached the bishop's palace and went down into the cellar. Then, when they found that he was with them, they were not too well pleased. However, there was nothing to do for it, and they settled down to enjoy themselves. They tapped this cask of wine, they tapped that, drinking a little of each, but not too much, for they were cautious old women, and knew if they wanted to get home before cockcrow, it behooved them to keep their heads clear. But the old man was not so wise. He sipped, and he sipped, until at last he became quite drowsy, lay down on the floor, and fell fast asleep. His wife, seeing this, thought she would teach him a lesson in the necessity of caution. So, when she and her four friends thought that it was time to be gone, she departed without waking him. He slept peacefully for several hours, 
until two of the bishop's servants coming down to the cellar to draw some wine for their master's table almost fell over him in the darkness. Greatly astonished at his presence there, for the cellar door was locked, they dragged him up into the light, shook him, cuffed him, and asked him how he came to be there. The poor old man was so confused at being awakened in this rough way, and his head seemed to whirl around so fast, that all he could stammer out was that he came from Fife and that he had traveled on the midnight wind. As soon as they heard that, the servants cried that he was a warlock, and they dragged him before the bishop, and, as bishops in those days had a holy horror of warlocks and witches, he ordered the man to be burned alive. When the sentence was pronounced, you may be very sure that the poor old man wished with all his heart that he had stayed quietly at home in his bed, and never hankered after the bishop's wine. But it was too late to wish for that now for the servants dragged him into the courtyard and put a chain around his waist and fastened it to a great iron spike, then piled bundles of wood around his feet and set them alight. As the first tiny little tongue of flame crept up, the old man thought that his last hour had come. But when he thought that, he completely forgot that his wife was a witch. And just as the flames began to singe his trousers... There was a swish and a flutter in the air, and a great gray bird with outstretched wings appeared in the sky, swooped down suddenly, and perched for a moment on the old man's shoulder. It gave a fierce croak and flew away again. But to the old man's ears, the croak was the sweetest music he had ever heard. For him, it was not the croak of an earthly bird, but the voice of his wife whispering magic words to him. When he heard them, He jumped for joy, for he knew they were the words of deliverance. He shouted them aloud, and the chains fell off, and he mounted into the air, up and up, while the onlookers watched him in awestruck silence. He flew right away to the kingdom of Fife, and when he found himself once more safely at home, you may be very sure that he never tried to find out his wife's secrets again, and he left her to her own devices. Happy Halloween.